When I retired, with lots of newfound available time, I enjoyed many travel opportunities. This podcast may encourage you to visit, revisit, or experience virtual armchair travel, learning about exciting new venues. Travel is an excellent vehicle for lifelong learning. Welcome to the What Travel Writers Say podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host, and today we examine Cardiff, the capital city of Wales. It's wet and slippery, but for a great view of the city, I'm determined to climb to the top of the 12th century Norman Keep at Cardiff Castle, behind the fortress walls in the city centre, refurbished by the third Marquis of Butte, one of the richest men in the world at the time, thanks to coal. The fortress was established by the Romans in 55 AD, but Cardiff's rich present-day culture has a diverse range of influences, including Normans and even the Vikings, through to the Industrial Revolution, and of course the coal industry which transformed it from a small town into a thriving international city. Some original Roman walls can still be seen in Cardiff Castle. Along my way, I peer through the narrow archer's slits towards Queen and High and St. Mary Streets, containing the St. David's Shopping Centre. Its 750 million pound Phase 2 runs 240 metres long through the city centre adjacent to a wide pedestrian walkway that links several of Cardiff's Victorian and Edwardian shopping arcades stuffed full of the quirky and unusual. Snug coffee shops sit next to esoteric club clothing boutiques and chic high-end fashion stores. A shop that sells nothing but buttons is next to one that sells nothing but violins. And they're both next to a surf shop and a Welsh cheese shop. Here I later stopped to savor a hot coffee and some Welsh cakes that just might become addictive. There are six Victorian arcades in total and it isn't possible to visit the Royal Arcade without taking a look at Wally's Delicatessen. This fragrant gastro-emporium has been a Cardiff institution for more than 50 years. It stocks more than 100 salamis and cold meats alone. The family-run business has won both the Best Deli in Wales Award and the Smaller Retailer of the Year Award in the Observer Food Monthly magazine. Another Cardiff institution is Spiller's Records on the Hayes, now officially recorded as the world's oldest surviving record shop, having started out life in 1894. Nowadays, of course, it's branched out from vinyl. Finally, through a steady drizzle, I survey Butte Park, an expanse of green directly behind me. Take a stroll through the ornamental gardens here and you will quickly forget that you're still only a couple of minutes away from the city centre. The park was once part of the castle grounds, but was donated to the people of Cardiff by the Marquess of Butte. The River Taff also flows through the park, so keep an eye out for wildlife, including herons, mallards, trout, and salmon. Ahead in the east, large masts help provide a nautical element to 74,500-seat Millennium Stadium, equipped with a retractable roof for days like today. 
Later, I toured the massive 121 million pound stadium, sit in Her Majesty the Queen's Royal Chair, hold the small silver Invesco rugby trophy, and watch two resident Harris Hawks chase intruding birds out of the stadium's rafters. Unlike the rugby played here, the Hawks are bloodless, for they are slower than their prey, yet they get the job done. Since opening June 1999, Millennium Stadium has averaged 1.3 million visitors yearly, a multi-purpose, multi-faceted event venue that was a football site for the London 2012 Olympics. Inside, I literally watch grass grow as half of the natural turf is systematically heated by a large series of bright lamps that promote growth. Incredibly, the pitch is laid on top of 7,412 interconnected pallets, which can be moved for storage to allow the stadium to be used for concerts, exhibitions, and other events. Millennium Stadium has been voted one of the seven sporting wonders of the world. Cardiff has a long association with sport. In 1958, the city hosted the British Empire and Commonwealth Games, now better known as the Commonwealth Games. The Empire Swimming Pool, however, was demolished to make way for the Millennium Stadium, which has hosted the Rugby World Cup Final and other World Cup matches. In 2005, Wales won the Six Nations Grand Slam Rugby Championship for the first time in over 20 years. On the live music scene, international acts including Madonna, U2, and Robbie Williams have all performed in Cardiff's Millennial Stadium. And bands often stop off at large venues such as the Cardiff International Arena and Cardiff University Students' Union as part of their UK tours. Cardiff's harbour shed its unattractive mud flats and coal docks. In the 1900s, Cardiff was the world's largest exporter of coal. Now, an inviting freshwater lake created by a massive barrage system conveniently allows sailboats and spawning salmon in and out through a short canal and elevator connected to the rejuvenated Taff River. The city's waterfront has been reborn with showpiece buildings plus shops and plenty of places to eat and drink. Cardiff Bay, the former docks area of the city, used to be the largest port in the world. It was once better known as Tiger Bay, immortalized by locally-born singer Shirley Bassey. Now, marinas, apartments, water taxis, opera houses, and even a parliament building all vie for a waterfront location. If you're hungry, try the Terra Nova. Terra Nova was the name of the ship on which Captain Scott set sail for Antarctica from Cardiff. Occupying one of the best spots in Cardiff Bay, it's a smart, sophisticated bar, popular with both locals and tourists. With its elegant glass fronts and stylish balconies, this is the perfect place to spend a summer's evening, looking out over the bay. Terra Nova is both a bar and a restaurant. The food ranges from simple bar snacks to full meals. To the east of Mermaid Quay is the gleaming white Norwegian church, an old seaman's mission in which the Cardiff-born author, Roald Dahl was christened. It's now been converted into a great little cafe and art gallery. Next to the church is a building known locally as the Squashed Toilet Roll. This telescope-shaped building is actually a tourism information center. It contains plenty of exhibits, information, and a huge model of Cardiff Bay. Along the harbor strut avant-garde stunning structural designs. 
The Senad Parliament building with a wave-like roof juts into the sky, its glass walls affording a clear view yet reflecting the waters of Cardiff Bay. The Millennium Center, shaped like a bronze armadillo, all glass and slate, is dominated by a huge dome coated in copper oxide. Two poetic lines are inscribed above the front door that read, Creating truth like glass from the furnace of creation. And, in these stones, the horizons sing. The letters form the windows of the upper floors and are lit up at night to celebrate the performing arts. The building is home to seven of Wales' major cultural institutions, including the Welsh National Opera. The dome is designed to look better with age. The materials come from all over Wales and are designed to reflect the different parts of the country. Take in a free performance here. They vary from day to day, but can be anything from hip-hop to poetry. The Mermaid Quay area is a jumble of shops, bars, and restaurants, and on a warm day, pack great place to people watch. The 1.8 billion pound development of the former Docklands, Europe's largest waterfront regeneration project, and the 1.02 million pound Wales Millennium Centre for Performing Arts are just two jewels in the capital's crown. Jewels that have helped launch Cardiff into the top five most favored travel and business destinations in the UK. Next door to the Millennium Centre is the Welsh Senate or Parliament Building. The building is impressive. Its wave-like roof juts out into the sky uncompromisingly. Its glass walls afford you a clear view inside the building from 50 meters away, but still reflect the waters of Cardiff Bay, which practically lap onto its steps. It manages to be both gutsy and ethereal, and has a certain magic that you can only feel by visiting it. There's a new international swimming pool and bike path, and a hockey rink to house the Devils, a professional team that Cardiff ambitiously seeks to link to the NHL's New Jersey Devils. Yesterday I walked around Cardiff Bay, only 20 minutes south. Everything is surprisingly accessible in this compact capital of 320,000 people the largest city in Wales. Mike Price, my blue badge guide, takes me to the massive barrage system that has changed the nature of the bay. It used to be all mud flats and coal docks, he says. With the barrage, sailboats and spawning salmon can get in and out through a short canal and elevator connected to the Taff River. Change has launched Cardiff into the European big leagues, and it's now one of the top five UK shopping destinations. But today I inhale the atmosphere surrounding the annual rugby war between Wales and New Zealand's famed All Blacks, starting at 5.15pm. 100,000 fans, even Prince William, have descended on Cardiff from all over Wales and London, two hours away by train. Tickets sold out long ago. 30,000 surplus fans fill every available pub and restaurant. Red rugby jerseys appear downtown by the cathedral as early as 10 a.m. By noon, excited fans are queued up in the streets to access pubs with large screen TVs. They line up six rows deep on St. Mary Street, watching Australia play England on a storefront TV set. It's like Stanley Cup hockey fever back home in Canada. The natives here embody a religious fervor for rugby, their national sport. Carts filled with rugby paraphernalia for sale near Carts filled with rugby paraphernalia for sale. Carts are filled with rugby paraphernalia for sale. 
as I watch a young lady whose cheeks are stenciled with red dragons. She cheerfully poses for a picture, as do a group of daffodils, four middle-aged smiling women equipped with a pint each and sporting flower headdresses. The daffodil is Wales' national flower. At 4.30 p.m., the lucky ones with game tickets head off and a space opens in pubs where the Welsh, in all-male choir tradition, started, of course, by coal miners, appropriately break out into song, passionately mimicking the lyrics of native Tom Jones's Delilah and as well as hymns such as Bread of Heaven, which was played at Lady Diana's funeral. Complete silence envelops the old arcade pub as a lone bugler sounds a pregame last post to honor fallen soldiers in Afghanistan, followed by the Welsh national anthem, The Land of My Fathers. The lady standing beside me weeps. The All Blacks haven't lost to Wales in the last 55 years, and they perform a menacing pregame haka, a Maori chant accompanied by nasty body language but the Welsh players are unimpressed, and at the end of the first 40 minutes, the score is tied 6-6. The more talented New Zealand is relentless in the second half, and despite heroic goal-line stands by Wales, they are up 19-12, controlling the ball deep in Welsh territory with only two minutes left. Suddenly, the hymns and prayers to St. David, the patron saint, are answered by an apparent miracle. Over 130,000 stunned fans hold their collective breath as forward Alan Wynne-Jones intercepts a pass and lumbers towards the All Blacks' goal line with no one close behind him. A try and a convert will tie the game. Only 10 meters from success, but more accustomed to scrums, Jones is run down and the All Blacks prevail yet again. Mighty Casey has struck out. No joy in Mudville tonight. After the game, large pubs such as Walkabouts on St. Mary Street refill. Patrons tightly wedged side by side well into the early morning hours when many traditionally migrate to nearby Chippy Lane at 2 a.m. for an order of fries at either Tony's or Dorothy's, and then they head home. Mike Price, my guide, informs me that Cardiff is one of the cheapest places for students to live. With three major higher education institutions, it's ideal for students, and it attracts the biggest and the best bands. It's young, it's cool. Cardiff City Region boasts 60,000 undergraduate students, 12,000 postgraduates, 6,000 overseas students from over 100 countries, 9,000 academic staff, of which over 5,000 are research or academic focused. Home to the largest concentration of media in the UK outside of London, BBC's Doctor Who is filmed and produced here, and I serendipitously encounter their camera crew at work in the Temple of Peace, located nearby the Civic Centre, which includes Cardiff University and the Welsh National War Memorial, along with the National Museum and City Hall close to the stadium. The Doctor's 21st century reinvention was masterminded by BBC Wales, and lots of the action is filmed on location around the city. Terry Nation, creator of Doctor Who's arch enemies, the Daleks, was born in Cardiff. More impressive buildings about the city include the magnificently domed, snarling, dragon-topped city hall, the dragon looking as if it's guarding an egg, presumably Wales. Nearby buildings which make up the Civic Centre include Cardiff University, the Temple of Peace, and the Welsh National War Memorial, which is a beautiful and surprisingly quiet place to sit and relax right in the city centre. 
You're likely to spend a lot of time in the National Gallery and Museum of Wales, the big dome building next to City Hall. The museum is one of the finest in the UK. Highlights include the Evolution of Wales Gallery, packed with high-tech stuff, moving dinosaurs, earthquakes, and volcanoes. The archaeology galleries are packed with Roman relics, Celtic crosses, and Bronze Age gold. Take a look at the Carwiggle Bowl, a gold votive container in the shape of a boat that's more than 3,000 years old. The main draw for most people is the Davies Collection, the largest collection of Impressionist and Post-Impressionist paintings outside of Paris. Cézanne sits next to Renoir and Rodin, opposite Monet, near Pizarro, and over by Manet. Look out for Van Gogh's stunning rain at Anvers. Angry slashes of rain run right across what is otherwise a beautiful landscape. It was painted just weeks before his suicide. You'll be pleased to know that the museum is completely free. Frommer's Guide ranks Cardiff one of the 13 must-see global destinations. Lonely Planet describes it as the epitome of cool. Cardiff University is one of the UK's top universities for bioscience, with Professor Sir Martin Evans, the Nobel Prize winner for medicine. And don't forget that massive 1.8 billion pound bay development is Europe's largest waterfront regeneration. Find your favorite walking shoes and place Cardiff at the top of your travel list. If you like to explore, the National History Museum at St. Fagan's is only four miles from the city center, but it feels much further away due to its rural location in the picturesque village. The museum's most popular attractions are its period buildings. Endangered buildings from all over Wales have been dismantled and rebuilt on site since 1946. In total, 58 buildings from all periods have been built and restored here. They include an Iron Age Celtic village, a fully working farm, a school, miners' cottages, several shops, and a 13th century church. The buildings have been furnished in the style of a different era, most of which house people demonstrating the original uses for the building. The gardens are the best-kept secrets at St. Fagan's. From the formal gardens of the upper classes to the cottage gardens that provided food for working families, the gardens provide a real insight into the lives of Welsh people throughout history. Each garden on a 40-hectare site from the design rosary to the smallest informal cottage garden is an integral part of the museum's collections and has its own story to tell. You can easily spend a full day here, but if you need some lunch or a pint of Welsh ale, I recommend a walk to St. Fagan's Village, which is picturesque with several thatched cottages and a great pub, the Plymouth Arms. Cardiff is served by its own international airport with regular direct flights from the UK and other European destinations. High-speed intercity trains link most cities with Cardiff. My journey time from London Paddington to Cardiff was under two hours, and trains leave every 30 minutes during the day. Cardiff Bus runs an extensive system throughout Cardiff and area. Cardiff Bus Station is located at the centre of the city on Wood Street, opposite the rail station and a short distance from the Millennium Stadium. A regular bus service connects Cardiff City Centre with Cardiff Bay. Black and white cabs are available around the city centre. Try Cardiff, you'll love it. 
To read my travel articles, go to my website at www.whattravelwritersay.com. And for travel pictures, go to my Pinterest boards at www.pinterest.com backslash mustang6648 backslash. If you have any questions or comments, contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. We conclude each podcast with an appropriate travel quote. Today it's from Mark Twain who said, I have found out that there ain't no surer way to find out whether you like people or hate them than to travel with them. Thanks for listening. Happy travels. And tune in again next week for another What Travel Writers Say podcast.